episodes have we started with with me going hey man and you going adam <laughs> um as if prob- you can't see me <laughs> most <laughs> most episodes i guess i don't know a lot has happened uh since we last saw each other you grew a beard never seen that on you before <laughs> yeah i mean i wouldn't call this uh, i wouldn't call this a beard i'm gonna go for another couple months maybe see wow. what happens really why not you only live once. Listen, I, I'm a guy whose facial hair grows in very sparse. So what you are, yeah. already have in just a week's time is already impressive to me. Well, this is no, this don't make no mistake. This is three weeks of not shaving. OK. Oh, so when I saw you a week ago and I saw nothing, you were already two weeks in. <laughs> yeah. OK. Yes. Right. yes. No, I, don't, I don't feel as uh, self-conscious about my own. But it's also it, it's pretty light too in color i mean you know you can't and, and where you're from where you're sitting you can't see the gray hairs there's definitely plenty of gray ones in there but my shaving. facial hair is more is far more gray than uh dark now because uh that's what happens when you turn 41 that's what happens when you had a birthday last weekend and your very best friend didn't even <laughs> reach out to say anything at all you know what I thought maybe it was your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I also didn't call my brother on his birthday. That makes everything worse. What about this? It just, I, it just solidifies how about trash of a person you are. What about this? Just yesterday, which was the 27th of January, I gave my niece and nephew their Christmas gifts. So I guess that means that about a month from now, three to four weeks from now, I can expect a text that's like, hey, man, happy birthday. Little surprise text. Hope 41's a good year. Well, hey, happy birthday, buddy. Thanks, dude. And it was my kid's birthday, too. Most importantly, it was my my dad's birthday, my birthday and my kid's birthday. And she turned 10. And so all kidding, joking aside, because my birthday, I don't I don't really care you know you it care. doesn't matter to me it's that's okay but it was her birthday and she had a great time a taylor Ten. swift themed party with a Ooh. bunch of bunch of girls sleeping over staying up really late and nice. uh that's cupcakes fun. and frosting and pizza and all the good stuff i mean sinful I mean, how does it feel to be the father of a 10 year old that's two uh, it's that's uh, two hands worth of thingies I don't think I really oh. have the words to describe it. I, it mm-hmm. It's awesome. She's a a person of real substance. We can have an actual conversation. It's awesome. It's so cool. But I, I did get to thinking because I know now we, we've got to get into the intro of the podcast. The reason that oh, we're we here. Should. We should do that. You know how we've talked more than mm-hmm. once about those foil balloons and how they when they hang around a little bit too long. Yes. They start to hover and they creep up on you. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden they're right behind you. I thought I would use this as an opportunity. Oh. <laughs> I believe it's to, upside down, but I believe it says happy birthday. It's a big happy birthday foil balloon. And I thought that's a big one. Too. I would put Dude, it that's... out of its misery before it starts getting creepy with my family. 
Yeah. And I thought maybe since it's filled with helium, uh huh, I could I could attempt. Like I see where this is going. The intro to the show. Okay. On helium. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna stop you. All right. Let me you you, you give me like a you let me know when so you're maybe, ready for the prompt. I'm ready. You hit me hit okay. me whenever. Okay. Okay. Hey uh hey Adam. <laughs> okay. Yes. Why don't we introduce the show? Why don't you go ahead and take it? I would love to. Well, this is Modern Dadhood, an ongoing conversation about the joys, challenges, and general insanity of being a dad in this moment. My name is Adam Flaherty. I'm a dad of two daughters who are ten and seven. One moment, please. (laughs) And you, my friend, how would you introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Mark Checkett, and I'm a dad to uh, twin boy uh, six-year-olds. I mean, they're going to be six in, in a few days. So it's time, really. So I'm going to say six. Quick formalities, uh, because we've got a great episode, and I want to make sure we get right into the interview. Um, yeah, we we always like it. to let listeners know, if this is your first episode of Modern Dadhood, oh. um, thanks for being here. Congratulations. Well, welcome. welcome. Thanks for coming. You can find all of our back catalog on moderndadhood.com. Uh, all episodes are there. You can also find them all on Apple Podcasts or Amazon Music or Spotify, any of those platforms. We invite you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell oh, and nice. or tell a friend about the show. That'd be even nicer. This is a great episode, actually, to start on. Well, this is a little bit different for us, this episode. It's a bit of a crossover episode with another parenting podcast uh, in the motherhood space. Why don't you tell the listeners about it, Mark? We had a lovely time hanging out with the uh, the hosts of What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, the podcast. Uh, we met with Amy and Margaret, who are, well, first of all, fantastic uh, and very funny people, but they're also um, veterans, I would say in the uh, parenting podcast world, wouldn't you say? Yeah, they're over 300 episodes in. They've got a huge following, a big community of mothers who listen to the podcast, but also engage with each other. I mean, it's something that we aspire to, I think, with our podcast. Maybe we're building towards that, but uh, I really look up to them and really enjoyed our chat with them. The Part of the conversation will also be featured in What Fresh Hell on an episode that also drops today, the same day as this episode. I'd say listen to both to get the full experience of our conversation. I think you and I should stop this nonsense and just roll the tape. What do you say? Let me do one more hit of this and then we'll go right into it. <laughs> okay, why don't you take, take another hit, man? Here is our conversation with Amy Wilson and Margaret Abels from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. We're excited to welcome Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson, the creators and co-hosts of the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Amy and Margaret, it's so awesome to have you on Modern Dadhood. Thanks for joining us. Thanks Thanks for for having having us. us. (laughs) 
we're fans of your podcast. We've, I've, I've listened on and off for a while. I know that a large majority of your audience is mothers, but uh, I do admittedly, I sneak in and, and listen now and then. And uh, and you've got to really... Our, our net should have really caught that. We don't allow our dads to listen. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who let the this algorithm should have kicked you right out. <laughs> well, it, it's, it, it's very impressive. You both are hilarious. The, the topics are fantastic. You've got a really cool thing uh, going. So congratulations on your success. Thanks. It's been a fun ride. Yeah, it has yeah. been. I did want to ask, uh, what fresh hell is such a good name? And I wonder where the title came from. Is it something that one of uh, the two of you, you know, found yourself saying a lot or that one of your parents said when you were growing up? Where did that come from? Well, there is a story behind it. So What Fresh Hell is a Dorothy Parker-ism. Hmm. So Dorothy Parker, famous wit of the Algonquin Roundtable. But um, my mother, who was also a famous wit in her own way, uh, it kind of adopted it. She had been a very professional woman in the 60s and worked kind of high up in government and had very like non-lady. She was like Peggy from Mad Men. And in fact, her mm -hmm. name was Peggy. Mm. Um, but she was a working person and then got married later in life and had four kids and always said, I went from running an office where like 300 people just answered my every command to having uh, she had a, a later kid to having three kids who would not do anything I said. And so she <laughs> said she would open every door and be like, what fresh hell awaits me? Oh, and so it. it was, it's sort of our kind of gimlet eye. Mm. The, the parenting is not so much, you know, a trip down the rainbow as a journey through the question, what fresh hell is this? Mm -hmm. Now I what? Love that. Amazing. I love that so much. Um, you folks cover a lot of ground, a lot of topics. And we're just kind of wondering, how is it you're selecting, you know, topics? Is it, are you just keeping your ear to the ground and sort of crowdsourcing, you know, themes that pop up? Are these, is it your personal lives? You're just always aware and, and we gotta, we gotta hash that out with some microphones. You know, what, what is it that brings you to, or brings the topics to the show? It's kind of a mix, right? We do, sometimes it is crowdsourced. We have a very large and active Facebook group where, where our listeners can talk to one another, solve each other's problems, and they often do. But somebody will say, hey, I have an idea for an episode. How about this? How about this? And we have sort of two kinds of episodes. One is, you know, a regular full-length one. Um, and then the other, or Ask Amy or Ask Margaret, where we take a question that a listener might ask that we, you can't, it's not a 45 minute topic, but it's a five minute topic. My kid is crying every day at nursery school drop off and it's November. Why is this still happening? Okay. We can talk about that for five minutes. So some of them are listeners asking us and some of them are, yes, our ears to the ground. And I definitely subscribe to the parenting newsletters and keep up on like, you know, what are people talking about? The third kind is honestly the, the, my favorite one, which is I've always wondered about this, right? Like, why do kids have imaginary friends? Mm. And is it okay if they have an imaginary friend? They're like more than real friends. Let's do an episode on it. Let's talk to an expert about this. Let's learn something. Those have always been my favorites when I have an, an issue or just a curiosity yeah. that we get to really research and talk about. Yeah, or something like 
wait a minute, we're crying every single night over homework and struggling for three hours. Like, is this normal? Is this what everyone's doing? Is homework a thing? Don't some people not do it? You know, and so we kind of... Um, I feel like Amy tends to come with the 30,000 foot view and I come a little bit with the like, do my kids have to have to play soccer or can I just opt out of that? Cause I don't want to do it, <laughs> you know? Funny. And so many sources, but it's funny when we first started the podcast, I remember people being like, well, do you think you can get a lot of episodes out about this? And I think we're 350 episodes yeah, in and, yeah. and, and, I, and I still going strong. I got plenty. I got plenty still huge. in the bag. The answer to that question is yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is there a guest, or, uh, you know, whether it's an expert or not, you know, just uh, somebody who you've uh, chatted with on What Fresh Hell, who's really surprised you in some way, anything that is always just sort of stuck out to you as this was a really interesting or surprising episode, or I really learned something that I didn't know from talking to this person. God, there's so so many, right? Many of them. Um, We talked to Nicole Walters about, she has a book called nothing is missing. And Mm. I really like people who change my whole starting point of thinking and her, she has this kind of thesis of rather than approaching ourselves with like, what are we doing wrong? And, oh, I I must not belong here. That approaching questions from the point of view that nothing is missing. And I find that comes to my head a lot. Amy and I are now really running a business. We have a bunch of podcasts and I sometimes, because I have a background in comedy, like, well, I don't really belong in a room with smart people (laughs) who know how to count numbers together. And it's like, whoa, 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 nothing is missing. Like I belong here. And, And starting... Starting from a new point of view, I have found Catherine May. We had her on talking about her book, Wintering, which I just, that book changed my life. It's about, mm. she talks about how we we seek happiness, but how the natural world points towards winter and like mm. getting ready for winter and the refreshing like hibernation of winter and allowing ourselves to take that time. It's been such a gift to talk yeah. to so many different people because they just, people knock my socks off. They have so many great ideas. I think we're, we're right in that same boat with you. Yeah. So it's so fun. Yeah. One of my favorite guests, uh, repeat guest on the show was Lisa Damore, who writes books about parenting um, adolescents and girls in particular, but definitely uh, adolescent girls and boys. And I hear her voice in my ear often. Mm. And when you have a really expert guest like that, I've definitely over the seven years we've been doing this podcast had moments with a guest where I've been like, so let's just say there's a mom, <laughs> there's a lady yeah, just who had a kid this up named Shmamie Schmilson <laughs> and this completely imaginary parent didn't yeah. know what to do. You know what I mean? And then, I, then I'm getting great. to ask like a foremost expert in this thing and children's self-confidence or whatever. Yeah. I'm making that up, but, and, and get your question answered. It's such a cool part of, of what we do. Yeah, there's so many, there's so many times where we're talking with someone and, you know, we, Adam and I have an outline for the, for the show and a list of questions that we think might make sense. And often we're in the document at the same time and uh, adding little notes to further the conversation. But there's just so many times where I'm also at the bottom of that document with like notes on how to make my life better. <laughs> you know, where I'm Rebellious just, improvement. Yep, just taking stuff away for me that I can apply in my everyday life. It's, it is really a gift to be able to do this. 
So Adam and Mark, tell me why you started this podcast. I feel like there's a lot of mom podcasts out there that are, of course, for parents, but we, we name ours as a mom podcast. Yours mm-hmm. is a dad podcast. Why do you think there are fewer dad podcasts than mom podcasts? And why did you start Modern Dadhood? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think we started it because there are so few dad podcasts and we thought, well, maybe there's a little uh, corner of Lame. the, the mm-hmm. podcast market that, that we could uh, excel in. But, uh, you know, I think it just goes back decades and decades. And there's this sort of uh, stereotype that thankfully has evolved so much uh, to get us to where we are now that fathers are less involved, you know, and, um, in the fifties and sixties, it was the, it was the dad that, you know, went home, got home from work and wanted to have dinner on the table and Mm -hmm. watch his television shows while the mother did all the work and put the kids to bed. And, and, um, you, you know, again, thankfully it's, it's evolved so much, but when Mark and I both became parents, our friendship went from just talking, making each other laugh about whatever we were talking about, what was going on at work to talking about our kids all the time and sort of celebrating this role of being a dad. And uh, I've found that whenever I encounter someone else with kids, that's that's what we kind of talk about. And so when we my background is in video production and when I was curious to start exploring the podcast medium, it just sort of made sense to uh, to team up with Mark and to uh, talk about this thing that we already find ourselves chatting about and laughing about so much. And, you know, the other piece of it is we are two white guy, you know, 40 year old white guys from New England. And the idea that we could chat with people from not only all over the country, but in other parts of the world whose lives are very different and fatherhood experiences are so different from our own, you know, would be a great opportunity for us to to learn, to gain new perspectives, to um gain new uh, language and ways of discussing things to normalize conversations that can be um, uncomfortable to talk about it's to get out of our comfort zone a little bit so that that's for me sort of the uh, the inspiration for me to to take on this project and i'll just add i didn't know that i wanted to be a co-host of a podcast about <laughs> the fatherhood until one day i was cleaning my garage and my phone rang and it was adam and he said, Hey, I've got this idea. Could you help me with some, I'm, my background is in graphic design and marketing. And, you know, it was originally, Hey, can you help me maybe get this thing, you know, off the ground with some artwork and this, that, and the other. And if, like he just said, we got to talking, you know? Uh, and by the end of that conversation, he, you know, the question was sort of like, Hey, do you want to maybe do this with me? You know? And I just, I, I, I think I said, I got, let me think about it. But I think it was, I put the phone down. You don't put the phone down anymore. It's a cell phone. What do you do? With <laughs> you, it? you just tap it. You, hung, you, you hung it up on the hook Showing on the your wall. Age. Showing your age. <laughs> yeah. I walked, I walked back and hung it up on the hook. In the kitchen. <laughs> yes. no, and, and I, I hit I the put, two transparent little plugs. <laughs> you untangled the coiled cable. Right. Uh, I put, I put the phone away and uh, pretty much was immediately said to myself, what are you doing? Of, of course you want to be a part of that. Like it, mm. uh, it's so, I mean, all of the things that Adam, just said, I agree with. And yes, but I get so much comfort from just having a conversation with my friend. There's no pressure. There's no, 
I don't have to put on any, he knows who I am, you know, and, and if I'm having a problem, I can easily talk to him. And if I'm having a good time, I can easily share that with him. And we always say it's about the joys, the challenges and the general insanity. And I get so much out of just sharing that with Adam. And so, you know, for me, the hope that maybe other people listening will feel that a little bit of that same, like get something out of it. Like I am, then that's a a bonus. You know, it's, it's a win-win scenario. I hope. I think especially for dads. And I mean, we talk a lot about isolation in motherhood and Mm. that I think that uh, men sometimes they're, they're isolated in a different way that we're Mm. kind of physically isolated, but I know I'm on the phone, you know, probably two hours a day talking to my sisters, chatting with friends, going to the gym with my friend. And, and we're always, we're deep, we're in the Mm -hmm. deep end pretty Mm -hmm. much right away in friend conversations. But I think that the isolation of being home with kids is very hard on moms and that you can feel very like, isolated in that way. But do you find there's an isolation for dads around this conversation, that the conversations don't as naturally flow to like, what are you doing with your kids and looking for help and looking for guidance between dads? Is that something that you find or am I just thinking of oldie times when (laughs) my dad would have literally never had a conversation about parenting to another male for any reason ever? I mean, I think in in my personal social circles, that's not a thing. But I think mm. for many men out there who who are uh, dads, new dads, and aren't used to having those conversations, uh, that can be a thing, and it can yeah. be very isolating. So I think one of our hopes for the podcast is that this creates some kind of community where uh, that encourages those people to to open up more and talk about it and talk to their partners about, uh, about it. And yeah, Mark, jump, well, jump in and save me here. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's what I'll say. I think I find myself in circles, social circles, and even with, I have two older siblings. Well, I have two older brothers specifically who are both dads and they're not that much older than I am uh, nine years apart, you know, from me. And, and that sort of, I think, classic or old timey or whatever mentality of like a dad's gonna dad kind of thing held over from the 1950s is 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 present there and they're not that much older than I am so that's just one thing I wanted to say you know um but also I I in my social circles I do find a lot that like we'll talk about our kids and we'll talk about our experiences but the thing that's a little rare even still is going deep with it and like you had mentioned, Margaret, a minute ago, that you, 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 that's something that happens to you often with whoever it is that you're talking with, if it's a friend or, or your sister or somebody, you know, I think it's, I think it's generally still a, a, a harder thing. I'm going to generalize, but like a harder thing for guys to get to that level, you know, and I think that's just a holdover too. And it's just more pervasive or more deeply rooted in, 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 this is what it means to be a dad, you know, and what we looked to for our, we looked to our dads as examples, right? And they were firmly planted in that world, you know? So it's while I talk about parenthood and kids and, and with my social circles, it is still harder to get to that deeper level. There's something about vulnerability there is still not our first step. You know, it takes some time. And some liquid courage from time to time, maybe. Mm. 
to, to get, get to that more vulnerable point. But that, I mean, you know, it comes a little bit more easy to me, but I think generally speaking that that's still something that is difficult for maybe men. Well, especially so. if you're de- uh, facing challenges. So, you yeah. know, we had a, a guest come on, Joe Cohane, who talked about postpartum depression in mm. men and how prevalent that is, but how infrequently it's it's diagnosed because it's diagnosed in a very different uh, way than it is with women. But, you know, somebody who's facing that may not even realize that they have it, but it's easy to complain about the things that are hard about being a parent. But when it mm-hmm. comes to things like self-care, mm-hmm. you may be concerned that uh, you're coming off as not uh, masculine enough, for example. And so I guess what we're trying to do is break down some of those barriers too, and say, hey, it's all right to take care of yourself and do things that are going to ultimately enable you to be a better parent because you're healthier as a person. Yeah. So I think the conversation on fatherhood has evolved and that fatherhood is something to lean into and be engaged with and think about. But I'm I'm thinking a lot of the times that we've had um, other dads on the show as guests, the content that they're creating is um, they're stay-at-home dads and the content mm. is for stay-at-home dads. And like sort of like, hey, like we're not dummies. We can do this too, right? Like I can pack the diaper bag as well as anybody, which is definitely the case. But what I think is still a little different is that you know, a mom, it doesn't really matter if she's working outside the home or not. Mom is still a huge part of her identity mm-hmm. or should be right. Or better be. And no matter, almost no matter what she does, she's like, well, I'm a mom. I have a, you know, I, I run an investment bank, whatever, like whatever she's going to say, mom is always in the, in the first sentence. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're like, dads can be involved. And it's sort of like, yes, if they're like, raising their kids full time, those are involved dads or else it's sort of not something a lot of right. guys it's still like feel like it's talk about. It's like mom is the number one identity yeah. and right. dad is like the number four identity. Right, yeah. right. Unless, mm-hmm. it, unless it's your Like all, I could right, work with a dude five. for 10 years and not know whether or not he has yeah. kids. And I don't think I could ever do that with a woman. Mm-hmm. And that's not true for every dad, but it's still true for, for some dads in a way that I don't think it's true for almost any mom that I know. What would you say, I mean, how do we, aside from having conversations about it and um, and through those conversations, encouraging men who are fathers to become more involved and to sort of move that label of dad up higher on that list. I'm sure you've talked about in, in your podcast, like how else can we sort of encourage that to happen and keep things shifting in that direction? It's interesting. I wonder, and I'm, I'm answering this kind of off the top of my head, so I may say something crazy, so bear with me. <laughs> but I wonder, I don't know if I'm as interested in the identity part. Like, I think that my husband is someone who does not have conversations when he is away from home about his children and his identity as a father. Mm. He's also like a very nutty professor engineer who like is completely unidirectional at all times and like a spotlight he can only turn his light towards one thing at a time and so i don't feel an investment in making him a person who investigates fatherhood on a different level Mm. but we have had a lot of practical conversations in my house about how to make the work within our home as equitable as possible and i think that there was a time where i was doing 90 percent and he was doing 10 percent And 
I think we have gotten to a point where he's almost doing 60% and I'm doing 40% a lot of days. And to me, that is the interesting crux of it versus he is never going to be a person who's like, I'm going to get a book on parenting and try to be a better father. (laughs) That will, it just, I don't know if it's his raising. I don't know if it's his DNA. That's not part of his makeup in some way. But I, but I think his ability to make home and myself and our marriage and our family a priority did take a lot of work that I was really interested in doing. Yeah. I think, I think it's not in the DNA though. And I think it does come one and then the other, you know, that first there is a more equitable balance of the parent is doing something. And then as they become more involved and they do get more engaged with, well, gee, if she isn't reading at grade level, what should we be doing about that? You know, that, that goes from like something you don't know about to something to you're reading to your daughter at night till you do discover that she likes books about knights and dragons more than other kinds of books. And, you know, they, they, and then why is that? And is there a summer camp for this kid? Like all the, the sort of in, investment in the work might increase when you're just sort of around more. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's like not enough dad podcasts because dads don't wouldn't want to have a podcast. You know, I think it's just it's not something they've a conversation they've been asked to be a part of. Not that they mm-hmm. wouldn't. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think some of what we're talking about is just general awareness of the difference between the way that maybe I'll just say again, to generalize typical mom might go through her day versus a typical dad going through his day, especially when it's kids aren't, when kids aren't in the picture, like when, when you're at work, for example, right. Or out with, with friends do dads more often sort of take that opportunity to just be like, whew, I'm going to leave that behind me now. And just, I'm not dad Mark right now. I'm like, you know, crazy friend Mark going to the bar with, you know, his other crazy friends. Right. Like, and then, I mean, Margaret, what you were talking about, Adam still asked a question that I don't know that we're getting to the answer of, but if more men, dads, become aware of the differences and begin to just naturally, you know, there's a partnership in, in parenting, right? So it's figure out the ground rules, figure out how to do this, you know, more equally together, what have you. And then just whatever you, to the best of your ability, just model that in the home. And then the idea or the hope perhaps there is that there's more generations of children coming up with that as the as the, the picture yeah. of what a a mom and a dad do they they there's a balance there i guess mm-hmm. as opposed to i go to mom for everything you know well and i think the balance and i think the the getting to adam's question it comes from coming into the balance without strong gendered roles Mm -hmm. so that the balance can look like anything in any given relationship versus dads do these things and moms do these things. And I think that that was some of the resetting that we had to do in my own marriage in terms of like, I want you to do these things and do these pickups and make this meal. And, you know, but I, I think that we probably, because of who we are and our age and whatever else, we still came in with fairly strong gendered roles yeah. in in our division. But I think, and I do think I see this in the next generation mm. with my nieces and nephews, that 
they're coming in much more with a blank slate on those Hmm. issues. So it doesn't always have to be like, well, of course you'll work. And of course I'll stay home. And of course I'll make the meals. And of course you'll do the grilling on Sundays. Like it's, they're coming in with less weighted versions of gender roles. Mm -hmm. And I think that gets to what Adam is saying. Like the way you start to break this down is to say an equitable home is the goal. And that can look like anybody doing any role Mm -hmm. versus us breaking down into these very fifties gender roles. Yeah. First it was that men weren't expected to do any of the work. It wasn't an expectation. And, and now they are, and they expect mm-hmm. themselves to. And I still think there's this part that's left with like, they aren't really expected to be engaged with it or interested with it or think about their kids when their kids aren't around. That's not anything anybody's asking them to do. Um, but we're starting to. And then I think the conversation part follows. Yeah, I fully agree. I wonder, do, did any of you, Mark, I don't even know if we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Can you do recall having conversations with your partner Prior to having kids, not of course, you, you've decided together that you wanted to have a child or multiple children. But do you recall having conversations about the kind the level of involvement, you know, where um, not necessarily who's going to do what specific roles, but just, yes, I'm going to be full, like, very invested in this and it, create that equitable um, relationship or environment? I definitely had that conversation. I mean, again, I was older going into it. Mm. And so, um, and our conversation did look, it was gendered. I mean, I was very much, my goal was to be able to stay, spend as much time with my kids as possible and basically stay home. Mm. And as a person with an artistic background, I had always been um, sporadically employed, let's say. And so I had, you know, I was making some money, but I, my conversation with my husband was very much geared around, I, you, you can, if we have kids, you can not change your mind about your job, basically. Like I, this is a financial arrangement that we're getting into. Mm -hmm. And like, my job is extremely unpredictable and your job is very predictable. Luckily, my husband loves his work and likes Mm -hmm. what he does. But like, just to be clear, I will not support your dream of becoming like a poet next year. Like if we have kids, this whole agreement becomes very different. Mm -hmm. Like your job, you better like it because you're in it. And my job is not stable. So, and even if it was, maybe I want to stay home. And so we definitely had a, a pretty strong conversation around like, all other things aside, this is going to look like you earning money and me staying home with kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I really thought about um, the part where I was going to stay home. Similarly, like my my husband had a steady job that he was going to make a little bit more next year than he did this year, probably. And my I was an actor. It was like, who, you know, who knows? I might never work again. I might be a big star tomorrow. And, and then I was putting that aside and I was definitely much more focused on like, I'm going to stay home with kids. My mom stayed home with us. I was happy to do it. Like I wanted to do it. I wanted to have that time. But was definitely much more focused on like, so I'm setting that aside and didn't really stop to consider like, and that means for you, you're going to take on mm. all the burdens of being the wage earner. And I think he did. I, like, I didn't worry about it at all because he was worried about it, but he was worried about it. Am I doing enough? Is this okay? And, um, you, you know, yeah, you're right. You're right, Margaret. You set up sort of 18 years of, 
uh, locked in roles for both of you. I was more focused on just the one, my own. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's, I don't know. I feel like that's maybe rare, Margaret, what you described. Maybe, you know, I mean, my wife and I had a million and one conversations, but it was very much all about just getting the kids to exist. We, Mm we, we went, we had to through, for various reasons, we, we went the route of IVF to have our kids and it took two rounds to get there. So we didn't have those conversations really about how do we form a strong partnership for the long haul in retrospect now? I mean, it is one of the, you're right, Adam, we don't really talk about this particular topic all too often, but man, I look back now and I think we should have spent so much more time just with like pencil and paper and working it mm-hmm. out and thinking about it and thinking about the roles, you know, all we, but we both just said, we both have full-time jobs. We're going to keep our full-time jobs. We'll figure it out. There's probably nannies and daycares, right. And just <laughs> moved forward, you know, but, um, and you know, we're making it work, but, <laughs> but boy, those conversations and maybe ground rules and some vision mapping or something, if we had done that back before the kids came into the picture, would have been very helpful. And I do think, and this is something we talked a lot about on the podcast, and it's been eye-opening for me, and talking to people like Eve Rodsky and lots of different uh, fresh take guests about how to, you know, equitable marriage and, and mm-hmm. how to short, sort of share the load. And I think that the work that you're talking about, in an ideal world, it is done before marriage because mm. I, I think the problem with marriage often is that you think you're looking for a dance partner and you're looking for a mountaineering partner. Like oh you're, you're totally yeah. shopping for the wrong role. Yeah. And I find that my husband and I, and we've fallen out of the habit because I will say to everyone listening, gets a little easier when the kids get a little older, like the day to day drama and trauma I find is, is less now, but we used to do every Sunday, like, what does the week look like coming up and who's doing what? And we still do those checklists and still my husband has recently had a kind of a work related, you know, grind where he fell into the blender at work. Mm. And I'm right back to like glaring at him when he walks in the door at night after his really tough day of doing stuff that is awful. But I'm like, I'm you just handed me the football and disappeared. And, and I'm not seeing that he disappeared into an insanely stressful all night, every night, you know, work situation. And so we just had the conversation of like, let's have a Sunday meeting, you know, like, let's go back to those things. Because I think that when people say like marriage is work, it, it is kind of like work. I know Amy yeah. and I now run a podcast company together. And one of the things we sometimes do is like everybody write down everything you do in a day and let's see where, who's doing it. Who's doing stuff twice. Who's not doing anything. Where is this falling through? And I think that you can have that dynamic in a marriage without it becoming just like angry coworkers at the daycare. It can become a really functional working relationship, which is yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely is. Gosh, and you say before marriage, it's like I, I was an absolute different human being at mm. that point. I mean, I got I was 24 when I got married. My wife is a few years Oof. older than me, but that's that's baby. I mean, man, you feel at the time you feel like, boy, I'm I'm in my mid 20s. Look at me. <laughs> 
I've learned a bunch of stuff about the world and I got it. But boy, you look back. I now at least I'm... had the good sense to be like, I'm an idiot. This is at I least wish... a decade away from me, man. I'm not even close. I wish I had a few more people just in my regular walking around time in my day, reminding me how much of an idiot I truly was in, in real time. I look back now, I'm 42 and I look back now and just think, you had no idea, hmm. you know, but you are making these monumental decisions that affect your entire life, and perhaps more importantly, another entire person's entire life. And soon four people. And you bring children into it. Yeah, and then, you got oops, the yeah. twins. Yeah. So I like the. Uh, I really like the Sunday night meeting, and yeah, the the further I get in my professional career, the more I do sort of see the be the benefits of bringing some of that structure and you know project management almost into the personal life. There's a lot of benefit into figuring out a way how to get that into your, your, your personal life as, as well. This involved in our early marriage, a lot of me screaming at my husband, if you did this at your job, you would get fired. <laughs> I, have, and I was good. like, let's bring the job home because yeah. like, this is how you do it at your job. My husband is, again, he's very absent-minded. Yeah. He has a crazy whiteboard. He makes himself crazy lists. I'm like, we got to do that. Yeah. And on the list needs to be call wife once a day. Like yeah. mm -hmm. you got to make your list. One of the, uh, <laughs> The, our own meeting, something I would say is like, it has to, it's a meeting. And as you said, it's a, it's a work meeting. And that means with your calendar open in front yeah. of you and something to write things down. Like it means, cause, uh, often my spouse and I, he'll be like, yeah, 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 I got it. And then when we really sit down, you yeah, know, no, I can definitely do that. But, oh, that Wednesday. Oh, we, I yeah. thought there was another Wednesday before Martin Luther mm -hmm. King day. It's the same yeah. way. Oh, I can't do that now. Like what, when you really <laughs> sit and engage with the, the, uh, lack of infinite, weekends you have, right? Like, no, it's the mm -hmm. same weekend, the tournament and your sister's thing. So which yeah. one are we missing? You really have to have it in front of you. That, that cuts down on the, you told me you could do this two weeks later. Oh, yeah. I just and it, it literally also just had leaves that conversation room. this morning <laughs> with my wife. I think it leaves a lot of room for fun and like romance and happiness in a marriage. Cause I feel like sometimes people feel like this doesn't sound very romantic and yeah. fun. It's like, do the hard work Sunday afternoon, yeah. the rest of your life can be fun. My, yeah. my husband walks in now and I know that he's like picked up the dinner that he was supposed to pick up and he's already cleaned the kitchen in the morning and he's, we like smile at each other. Hey, how was your day? It, it's so far away from where we were, which was him walking in and being like, take this baby and you did this. And you know, it, if you do the hard work yeah. a little bit at a time, the rest of your interaction can be fun and romantic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you you said that, right? Because it's 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 true. You you get to you get to talking about it, acting like it's a job, or just talking about it in those terms. And yeah, obviously, sort of. I think people's minds start to yeah, but that doesn't sound fun or happy or or sexy or you know or whatever it is. But it's it's in in practice. And look, my my wife and I definitely have you know, improvements t to make, I'll say, you know, um, especially around scheduling. I mean, it's just, our kids are finally getting to the point where it's, it is like, it's like, oh, oops, there's uh, two birthday parties at the exact same time. And, uh, you told that family we'd go to that one. And I told that family we'd go to that one. And now we have to make one of our kids upset, you know, because of that. But when you do finally get whatever it is, a date night or an afternoon to yourselves walking around downtown, wherever without the kids, for example, you want to be able to, in those moments, 
not be like weighed down or, you know, laden with all of these things we haven't discussed in a while. And now I feel like I want to discuss them now, but I also don't want to ruin the moment. And then you're both getting <laughs> right. in or that airing of the grievances from exactly. everything you haven't done correctly. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like, so maybe it doesn't sound quite as fun, but schedule that stuff. So that when the fun things do come about, and those need to be scheduled too sometimes, then you're not worrying about that stuff because you've, you've pre-planned it. You know, you've, you've carved it out. And it's, I'm saying this out loud mostly for me because because <laughs> you want your wife <laughs> no, to hear this and know that it, you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, I want her to think like I've been paying attention this whole time. <laughs> no, because I mean, I need to be reminded. I mean, honest, truth, truthfully, I really did. That's definite. Like I said, we didn't, we didn't set off on our journey with that first step in mind, you know, like we, we didn't, and now we're here. We've been married for a long time, but we've had kids for six years, but still a struggle because we're still not in that mode enough, you know? Well, and, and Margaret, you mentioned, you know, uh, keeping the romance in, in your relationship. And I'm not like talking about specifically like intimacy, but by doing that, um, the logistical work that you're describing, it creates space for you to revisit, you know, doing just doing small, nice things, you know, uh, to be helpful to you, not even just having your positive conversations, but, you know, remembering to, to, to do a favor or just to send a little note to, to your partner to let you know, to let them know that you're thinking about them. And those things ultimately just lead to a, a, a stronger, healthier relationship, a more enjoyable relationship, a relationship that's mod- modeling positivity and, and better mm. things for your kids as well. And I do think, listen, there's a lot of people who are just in it. And I would count six-year-old twins in this category too, <laughs> that you can't out-system children under five. Like, it's just too much chaos and too much poop and too much, you know, someone's always screaming and tantruming and it it's yeah. too much time with them. Like, I don't know that you can out-system that phase of life. And sometimes you just have to be like, what do you call it, Amy? It's like, you, you it's like, you got to put your head down and just get through mm-hmm. some of those years. Like you had, you had years. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> like you're just in it. And I will say, I feel like when our kids hit like solid elementary school, like mm. third grade on my husband and I were just like, Oh, Hey, you Wow. This is fun. And I will say, like, my kids, I still have an 11 year old, uh, but I have a 14 year old. On Friday nights, we get the kids McDonald's and we go down to the bar and we have a drink and a nice appetizer and we talk about our weeks. Like, it's a lot better mm-hmm. on the other side. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't want people to feel like, well, I did all these systems and I'm still miserable. You might be miserable because your life is just completely miserable <laughs> and apologies. But for like, now, for the, now, right? It's just a season that you're in. Now it's a season. And like, I do think you can even verbalize that sometimes to your partner. Like, Mm. God, there were just years where my husband and I were like, you, you've put me in this mess and I don't (laughs) like you and you didn't do the dishes also. And now I just feel like, oh, right. Like, this is what it's like to like the person you're married to again. (laughs) Yeah. You're right with the word, the word chaos. I mean, it's, you know, I, it's. It's an apt that that is what it feels like. The phrase that I always try to say to moms is this is as hard as you think it is. And it's like Mm, that. That's that's, whenever I talk to moms who are having a hard time, I'm like, yep, it's as hard as you think it is because Hmm. it stinks. It's really hard. Yeah, that's brilliant. I love that. Actually, I have a question for the two of you. 
Modern Dadhood as a title for your podcast. I mean, it's, it's fun. I love it. I get what the show's about, but what is the difference between dadhood and fatherhood? And is it what we've been talking about? Hmm. Great question. I don't know that I've ever actually taken time to think about that, Amy. (laughs) I mean, I have an immediate, you're, you're, you're formulating a thought right now. I'm trying. Well, see, here's what I'm, when I go like this, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to look like I'm formulating a thought when really my head is completely empty. You're just hoping to receive something. Well, I, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, no, I, I don't know that I've ever thought of it that way, but I will say as soon as you ask that question, I realize that oftentimes I use the word dad to refer to me, to refer to like my brother, my Mm. friends who are dads. But I use the word father to refer to my dad. I don't know that I've ever referred to myself as really being a father. It doesn't, it's almost a word that it carries with it something that's, I don't know. It, it, on one hand, it feels a little old timey, but on the other hand, it also feels like there's sort of like an esteemed sort of, you, you, you become a dad when you have kids, but you're a, a father once you've maybe endured being a dad mm. for some time, just putting words to this now, really. But, but it, but I, you're making me realize that I kind of do use the words dad and father to almost mean two, two sides of the same coin, almost. Never I guess really that's thought true for me that. too. I don't really say like, I'm a mother, I'm a mom. Hmm. Right. And, and we yeah. have motherhood in our, in the title of our podcast, where we just added mom, because we realized yeah. that that's what, that's what we call ourselves these days. And yeah. motherhood is like a, it's a, ideal that that seems like, like maybe an something institution we're not, yeah it's an institution that we're not so sure we want to be a part of in this <laughs> interesting <way. laughs> yeah and i wonder adam at the back of your mind was there some kind of was i mean was what i'm saying you know and was was saying okay it's modern so it has to be dadhood not fatherhood mm. because it it bucks a trend if we do that was that some of the thinking maybe you know, I think it probably was a subconscious thing. I think we may have just hit hit on the ethos of our podcast uh, four years later than <laughs> we should have. It makes perfect sense to me. And I think subconsciously, that's probably exactly why we arrived at it. But yeah, modern fatherhood. Not only does it just feel like a, a clunkier title to me anyway, but yeah, I think fatherhood harkens back to this this older idea of what um, a father was and dad feels current and fresh and involved and present and mindful and all, all of these things that we aspire to be. One thing that we find on our show, you know, is that there are these sort of like common themes that tend to crop up that maybe we didn't expect, you know, or know going into. And I just wonder, like, I imagine, does that also happen for the two of you, and what are some of those themes that are sort of common among guests or or people that are kind of rising to the surface? Um, I think that we found that, of course, and especially when talking to guests, that we try to talk to people who have had experiences that are outside of our own experience. Mm-hmm. And so certainly... I think it it can be hard when you're talking about motherhood to have inclusive conversations that speak to people's experience. And mm-hmm. so I 
can find myself saying things like, you know, get help from relatives if you're overwhelmed. There's people who don't speak to any of their relatives. There's people who don't have anyone close to them in their lives. I am married. Amy is also married. There's people who are doing this by themselves. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of people who are military spouses, and it's really different to have a spouse who's deployed. And so I think that without being too simplistic and like cutesy about it, that there is, I think, a fat part of the bell curve where we are talking about a lot of overlapping issues, maternal loneliness, um, feeling like you're losing your identity, anxiety, and worrying about outcomes with kids, that, that those are being experienced by everybody, mm. but that if you can only talk about the shared part of those experiences, you're missing out on a lot of stories. And so I think we try to find the balance of finding the commonality in motherhood while also recognizing that the experience is very individual for Mm -hmm. people and Mm -hmm. that it's finding that balance constantly between like, what do, what do we share here and what information can we share that's helpful to everybody while also trying to include in that conversation, people's mileage is going to vary on every piece of advice. Mm-hmm. And that I think one of the things we talk a lot about in parenting advice, and we tend to be a little bit color commentary on advice is like, yeah, but that study is actually not studying what it thinks it's studying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that advice is not going to work for you if your spouse is deployed, you know? And so trying to figure out how to have those conversations, there's tons of stuff that we have in common, but it's also important to recognize the stuff that doesn't overlap. Yeah. Well, I think that you to uh, balance all of that uh, beautifully. And and I think Mark and I say this frequently on our show that, you know, we are not experts. We are not perfect parents. We are always learning, but just the fact that we're mindful about it and, and talking about fatherhood and thinking about fatherhood just in the way that you're mindful that every person's experience is unique. And as much as you try to be all inclusive all the time, it, you know, it's just not possible. But just by by being aware of that is creating a quality experience for all. And uh, your podcast is wonderful. I'm, I'm so happy for, for you and for your audience. Uh, thank you for doing what you do. Dads and moms listening, we will link to everything What Fresh Hell in the episode notes. We'll highly encourage you to subscribe to their podcast and leave them a glowing review. And Amy <laughs> and Margaret, uh, we're so grateful to you both for making the time to join us. Thanks so much for, first of all, excellent linking work. And thanks so much for having us. Thanks, Adam and Mark. Adam, I think what we should do at this late hour is uh, do a quick kisses and disses segment. It's been a while. Haven't done that in a while. Let's do it. You want to explain to the listeners, if they aren't familiar with it, how kisses and disses works? The Kisses and Disses segment on Modern Dadhood is a good one. What we do is we scour the uh, Apple podcast reviews and uh, we, we pluck out one of the nice ones that people have written about us, right? We, we read through it. We feel really good hearing it. It's nice to hear from the audience. But before we get a little too you know, inflated, you know, before we start to think too highly of ourselves, we also pluck one just horrible, horrible review that someone has 
has shared. Uh, and we read that one as well, you know, so that we we come back down to earth a little bit. It's uh, the yin and the yang, the kiss and the diss. Let's let that beautiful theme song rip. Kisses and disses. Disses are bad. Kisses are good. You can hear both in modern dadhood. Okay, here's our positive are uh, you would consider it the kiss of the kisses and disses uh, it's a five-star review wow written wow. by young star and the title hmm. of it is a much needed podcast well okay young star writes this conversation needs to happen and more often and this podcast is hosted so well as a fellow dad looking to be a great dad learning from the modern dad is a great perspective point filled with incredible insights and stories. Five stars. Wow. They didn't, and they didn't have to do that. That was genuinely nice. Yeah. They took time out of their day to write that. All right. Balance us out here. Bring us back down to earth. (laughs) That was really nice. Here's one that I found. Uh, Someone by the name of um, HDADHD left this review. Hmm. Gave this show a shot, but after several episodes, I'm done. I'd rather listen to someone chew styrofoam. These guys are less than boring, worse than white noise. It's white podcaster noise. Oof. Styrofoam. I mean, that's the one sound that makes me cringe like no other. I got the hairs right up on the back of my neck just thinking about it here. How many stars? Somehow they gave zero stars. I didn't even think that was possible. Oh my God. I thought you had to select at least one. I mean, you know, we've really offended review. this person. I don't know what to say. Well, I would use this opportunity as a, a, a chance to off to a chance to invite any listeners to leave us a review, good or bad, preferably good, on Apple Podcasts because that's one great way to help us get the show in front of other people. Please know that it's never our aim to sound like chewed styrofoam well thanks for listening to modern dadhood and again please consider subscribing where you listen leaving a a quick rating and a review well whether that's on apple podcasts or amazon music or spotify uh and you know like we always do we challenge you to tell at least one friend about the show next time you're in line at the bank you know depositing your your paycheck from that do people still go to the bank yeah yeah next time you're standing at the grocery store buying your dad's snacks oh oh that you're going to pour into the palm of your hand and then shake before you put in your (laughs) mouth to freshen them up you can find us on instagram facebook uh i want to say linkedin why don't you say tiktok threads not threads friendster not friends. MySpace. Not MySpace. All right. Well, but that shouldn't uh, that shouldn't stop anybody from looking for us in those places. You should at least try. 
Well, and like I said at the top, yeah, every episode is on our website along with our shop, which is filled to the brim with modern dad hoodies and t-shirts. Each one ships with a free sticker. This is true. Remember. This is true. Remember that. Buy one for yourself. Gift one to a lover. While you're there on the website, you can fill out the form, send us a little note, or you could email us at hey, H-E-Y at moderndadhood.com. Choose to subscribe to our email list. Oh, ooh, yes. Do that. Thanks to Casper Baby Pants and Spencer Alvey for the music that you hear in the show. Thanks to Pete Morris at Red Vault Audio for uh, making us sound very professional with the work that he does at uh, Red Vault Audio over there. You should check him out at redvaultaudio.com. Thanks to Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson, the fantastic hosts of the What Fresh Hell podcast, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Go check out the podcast at uh, all of the links in our episode notes. And Mark, toss it over to you to close it out once and for all. Thank you for listening. Mother. <laughs>